listening to The Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. On today's broadcast, Bishop Clark uses Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 as the foundation scripture for part one of the message, In God We Trust. In God We Trust. Uh, the writer here in Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord. Question, who are you trusting or putting your confidence in? Scripture says, with all of your heart. If you look at that in reverse, there are some of us who may be putting a quarter of the trust, the capacity of our heart to trust, a quarter of that goes toward the Lord. And a lot of it is going toward people and business and circumstances and operations, but not all of the heart trusting in the Lord. The scripture is very clear. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not, lean not to your own understanding. That's easier said than done, especially when you're going through hard times. It's easy to put uh, your confidence in what you can manage and lean to your own cognizant abilities. Your own ability to reason. Your own ability to think things through. Uh, to isolate oneself. And think it through. I hear people saying, I need some, I need to have some me time now. <laughs> that's, a, that's something that's going on in our world. I need me time. You know, I got to find my voice. Well, right now, we need to trust in the Lord. And we need to hear his voice. His voice should be more, uh, we should be in hot pursuit to hear his voice versus trying to find our own vibration. The Bible says in all of your ways, uh, in everything you would do, uh, politically, uh, vocationally, uh, psychologically, relationally, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, talk to him, speak to him. I'm wondering, are we even close to that? We're looking at this storm as it tracks a little closer to the eastern seaboard. We want it to track away. The further away to the east, the better it is for us. But I'm wondering, uh, is he, if we, are we acknowledging him in all of our ways? If we were to track uh, our thoughts and his ways, are we tracking close to him? Uh, is he a part of that, that thing that helps us to focus and give voice to the word of God? I'm not sure in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path as I was sharing earlier this morning um, we see in God we trust capitalized on the reverse of the United States $20 bill in God we trust each word is capitalized 
In God we trust also is written, in God we trust is the official motto of the United States of America, but also the official motto of the uh, U.S. state of Florida. And I want you to think about that. Uh, the, the state of Florida has adopted the same thing in God we trust back in uh, 1956. In 1956 and right now the state of Florida is being challenged with whether the state trusts the Lord uh, it's easy to put it on the dollar bill I would say in dollars we trust now I want you to check that out especially those of us that walk with the Lord how much of us how much is our faith connected with God or is it actually we trust in the 20 bill, the $20 bill more than we do with God? Think about it. Where, where, where is your comfort? Where do you gain comfort from? Right now, you can't gain comfort in the news because it's, it's, it's telling us of, of disaster that's on its way. So how do you find refuge and peace? We can only find it in our faith and in our belief that God has it and under control. I want to encourage you to put God back on the pinnacle of your trust pyramid. Make sure he's at the top. So why should we trust? Why trust? Well, I want to motivate you that trust is the better way for you. Let me give you the opposite. The opposite of trust is distrust. I want you to think about a person who doesn't trust anybody, the kind of misery that you would have if you don't trust anyone. You don't trust your spouse. You don't trust your kids. You don't trust anyone that will walk up and put their hand in your hands. You don't trust. Everybody is foe before they become friends. Trust demands a certain amount of transparency and um, a certain amount of vulnerability. Just imagine a person that's always on guard. What happens, to your, what happens to your blood pressure if you're always on guard? Actually, you don't trust anyone, you die quicker. Because distrust tightens your veins and your arteries. What about doubt? Doubt is not unbelief, but a constant plague of doubting everything, being, being pessimistic about everything. We see the storm coming, but a doubter would say, oh, this is just our, I know this is it. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Stick a fork in this state. I had a dream the whole, the whole southern part of the state fell in the sea. <laughs> Nobody will come to your church. If you're a doubter, if you're pessimistic all the time, what about mistrust, which says I put my trust in the wrong things? Disbelief is another opposite, an anonym of trust. Here's another one, fear. Fear. Now, God has not even given his people the spirit of fear, yet fear will test all of us. It will walk up to you. It walked up to the disciples. It walked on water before Peter did. I want you to hear me now. Peter walked on water, but fear was walking on the water before he did. And when he looked at the sea, the scripture says he began to sink. Fear was, will always be around us. 
But you can choose to walk in faith versus walking in fear. Today I choose to walk in faith and not in fear. Here's another one. This is the opposite of trust. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Here's another one. Skepticism. This is even deeper. You got people who are very, very critical in their thinking. They're pessimistic in their approach. But then they, they become skeptics. Always casting doubt on truth. And even suspicious. Does that sound like a climate that you want your family to be in? Constantly suspicious? Would you want your ch child to be even suspicious of your hand? If you had to, if you had to discipline the child, they, they, say, they take it a step further and say, you're trying to kill me. I don't know your mot motives, mom. I don't know your motives, dad. I don't know what you're trying to do. Well, think about what I've done in the past. Child, I took care of you, but right now I got to drive the devil out. <laughs> Spare the rod, spoil the child, right? So right now, don't, want, don't, don't look at the whole thing and try to cast doubt on all of our, our workings together. Right now I got to take care of an issue. But think about the spirit of suspicion breeding in your own child. You want that in your house? The opposite of trust? Distrust in a marriage? Distrust? When you're working with your family, distrust on the job, skepticism from your boss. A lot of us are skeptic as, as it relates to our bosses. That's, that's how we view the person that's supervising us. But just think about if your boss was constantly skeptical about your work. Well, you didn't do this right. And, you know, I don't, I don't know where your heart is. You got to prove that every week that I'm with you. Think about that. I don't need that kind of atmosphere. Distrust breeds an atmosphere that I think moves us away from the things of God. Why trust? Well, trust. Here's the family of trust. If this is a cousin of trust, this is a close family member of trust. If you trust, you're going to have faith. If you trust, you're going to believe. I need believers around me. I don't have a problem with unbelievers, but I need you to turn. I don't need you to hang around me too long if you don't believe God can work it in my life. I need people to switch. Now, if you want me to walk away from you and step, I mean, you're in the midst of your conversation. Start talking doubt around me. You can come and greet me. How you doing, sir? Appreciate you. How you doing, Merton? Greet you. I appreciate you. You know, but I just don't believe in that God thing. Bam. You gonna? I'm a, I'll step away from you so quick. You'll be standing right there. Well, I can't believe a preacher. Well, hey, don't come to me with that. My whole life is about faith. I don't. I can't let you mess up this because this is my relationship with the Lord. So get that straight before you come here. Now, if you said, you know what, I'm having a hard time with believing. Can you help me? Yes. But you're not going to come and preach doubt to me and have the same relationship. I'll step away from you in a microsecond because I'm not going to let anything erode my faith in God. And some of us are giving ear to those kind of doubters and people like that that don't believe anyway. They're one wind away from walking away from God. What about hope? It's in the family of trust. Hope. 
Hope is to believe that God can do it even though I'm on this side of the wall. I can see on the other side and on the other side I believe God is able. Amen. Or I'm coming out. Hope in the Lord. Amen. Expectancy. I like this one. Conviction is in the family of trust. Now I have conviction as it relates and passion as it relates to, to my love for the Lord. But I love his conviction. If he's with you, he's with you. If he says I'm with you, he's with you. He will not leave you comfortless. He'll come to rescue you. Confidence is in the family of trust. Now I'm looking at these two pods, these two groups. I would much rather be in the family of trust than in the family of distrust. I would much rather be in the family of confidence than in the family of fear. I would much rather be in the group called reliance. You can depend on me. Than undependable. And unreliable. I can't live in those family groups. So we trust because trust is dependable. It's reliable. You can expect and hope. That what God said he will, he will complete and do. Just a little note on what a living trust is. What is a living trust? In legal term, this is a legal term. Legal document. Living trust is basically a legal, a legal document that states who you want to manage and distribute your assets if you cannot do it yourself. If you're unable to do these things yourself, you have what we call a living trust and you're giving that person the kind of power to speak on your behalf when you can't speak on your behalf. That's a natural person. Let me just warn you, you want to make sure that this person is on the up and up. You want to make sure whoever you turn that over to are going to have your best interest at heart. There's a lot of people that want that, but you can't trust them. They have you living outside and they're living in your house. <laughs> They'll put you in a nursing home, be living in your house, chilling. Going all through your bank accounts. I'm telling you, I'm a pastor. I've been in this thing for a while. And I've seen children mess up their kids. Mess up their parents. I'm talking about taking all of their retirement. Living like just flying, away, going everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help. See, we even have what we call a living trust. And you want to make sure who you entrust with this, that they really have your best interest at heart. If I trust you with my key, will you be a caretaker of the trust? If I trust you with my glasses, what are you going to do with them? It's going to take care of them. As it, you're going to clean. Look at that. He's already trying to clean them up. Look at him caretaking the glass. He doesn't act like, you know, well, it's his glasses, no big deal. Throw them down on the ground. He's going to caretake it, put it in a comfortable place, a secure place, possibly close to his heart. <laughs> Hopefully he's putting my glasses close to his heart. He's not going to put them in the back pocket. If he put them in the back pocket and he sit down, what, what happened to my glasses? Just making that decision. I'm going to put them next to my heart versus on my rump. 
I can really preach that one, right? What you doing with the trust I gave you? Where is it? In your pocket? It's in your pocket? Your back pocket? Or is it close to your heart? If I gave you keys to my house, like the glasses, what would you do with them? Throw them on the shelf? Give you a key to the building here at the church. Where is it? Where do you put it? You don't know? Well, if someone took the key that I gave you and you didn't care for it, I entrusted you with it, but you weren't a caregiver to the trust. You may put it anywhere. Then someone can take your key, come in here at any time and take whatever, and we won't know who it is. I want you all to think about it. What if you do that in your family? You trust something to your child, and they violate the trust. If I trust you, you need to guard the trust. Even if I can't speak, a living trust says, I'll make the decisions for them, trying to make sure that I follow what they want. And what's best. After they die, I make sure that everything they wished is cared for. That's what a living trust is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Looks like he cared for what I entrusted him with. They're cleaner. <laughs> They're sound. He was able to give them back to me. In a better shape than they were. Amen. You put your trust in God. Whatever you trust him with. When he gives it back to you. Come on. It'll be polished, clean, delivered. You can see through it. You can use it. You can flow with it. Trust him with your house. Trust him with your family. Trust him with your bank account. Trust him with your community. Trust him with the storm. Watch what he does with it. So what is trust? Thank you, Jesus. Psychology now. Psychology today says trust is defined as assured reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, or truth of someone or something. This is psychologist. This is what psychologists today say. That trust is assured reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, or truth of someone or something. Psychologists believe that behaviors and verbal expression, behavior and verbal expression, what you do and what you say, expresses uh, are certain evidences, evidence of what kind of trust you have. Psychologists believe that your your utterances, the things that your expressions and your behaviors are evidence of the trust that you have. It's all tied to what you say and what you do. 
Now, I want you to think about this because people, they will violate by saying the wrong thing and then doing the wrong thing and say, I, you can still trust me. But you don't understand. You will crumble the trust if you don't watch what you say and watch what you do. I want you all to think about that. It takes my my expressions and my behaviors working together to develop the trust. At the same time, trust is the offspring of time spent and integrity operation, operating with integrity. So the more I operate with integrity over a period of time, I should be able to gain some trust. Some people, it doesn't matter how much time you spend or how, how much time is spent and how many times you do the right thing. If they don't like you, they don't trust you, distrust still kicks in. You make one mistake, it all comes back. That's not a healthy soul or a healthy heart. And that's why we got to change the family group that we've been living in. Distrust is not your family. Fear is not your family. Lack of confidence is not your family. You're in the family of faith. You're in the family of hope. You're in the family of confidence. Can the church say amen? amen? Now, even psychologists say you will know them by the fruit they bear. That's what psychologists say. That's what the Bible says, okay? The psychologists say you can tell by a person's words and what they do if you can trust them or not. For instance, if someone treats you well and speak well of you, what does your heart do toward that person? This is not a trick question. This is natural. If a person speaks well of you, compliments you, and they speak well of you, and they do kind things for you, what do you do with your heart? You begin to let your heart kind of flow in their direction, right? That's natural. That's natural, and that's the perfect thing, okay? And I can give you warning signs of not allowing anyone just because they pat you on the back doesn't mean they're your friend, okay? But we're not preaching that message. We already got distrust in the atmosphere. What we're trying to do is get trust to come back. If they're saying the right things and they're doing the right things, let the trust grow. Let the trust grow. Well, I don't get close to anybody. Why? Because 15 years ago, somebody hurt me. Whoa. See, when I come to church, I don't get real close to people because I know folk. Okay, how long ago was it when you were hurt? 20, see, 20, when I was 22. When I was 22, somebody said something to me, I just don't. So I stopped going. And you think your heart is healthy? You're still bound and imprisoned to what happened 20-something years ago? If someone is close to you and you went through betrayal and they start doing the right thing over a period of time, trust should start growing again. <laughs> Nobody's saying anything now. I must be preaching the right message. Well, let me tell you something about God. You can mess up on God, right? You can, he can give you keys to the kingdom and you misappropriate the keys. Does he snatch them forever? Think about where you're at. How many of us, God has given us keys. I'm talking about straight keys to the kingdom and we messed them up. Does he take them from you forever? Over 20 years, lock you in a prison? Or does he say, if you ask for forgiveness, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore you and bring you back to that rightful place and allow you to function in the kingdom again. 
He does it all the time. He's so good that his mercy is renewed every morning. Glory to God. And I need a little fresh mercy this morning because I'm not all that. I understand that I need God's grace operating in my life. I'm not looking at you and you and you and you. I need the grace of God. Glory to God. And if he can trust me with what he's trust me with, I can start allowing myself to start trusting you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. In today's economic and social climate, we all have our struggles, financially and emotionally. Are you tired? Frustrated? Do you feel like the world has taken the best from you? Everyone has been right where you are at one time or another. We understand just how you feel. Let your search for hope lead you to Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road, Palm Bay, Florida. We are a Bible teaching and discipleship ministry dedicated to unveiling truth to the nations. Please join us Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We live stream every service on the World Wide Web at truthrevealed.org. Get excited. You don't have to wander anymore. Hope and love are waiting for you at Truth Revealed. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at the Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at thewordoftruth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 2511. That's reference number 2511. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, Final thoughts from Bishop Clark. I want to invite you to Truth Reveal International Ministries, a place where we are in the business of saving souls. We strengthen families, we shape leadership, and we serve this generation. In coming to the church, I believe you're going to get a good, good worship experience. Your life will be transformed in the presence of God, but you're also going to get a word from God, a word that's going to impact your life for an eternal purpose. I want to encourage you to come out and visit with us. We don't meet strangers. We just love on the people of God. A smile and a handshake, pressing palms, and kissing our sons is what we do. We love you, and I'd like to see you soon. Until next time, I'll see you at Truth Revealed.